Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So much happened over the weekend. This is one of those Monday shows where I had a, I got up super early to put it all together. And honestly, I don't even know if we're going to get through it all. We had what happened in Memphis. I had a really, really amazing self-defense segment on the Fox show. We'll play at the end. More explosive connections in the in the swamp, deep state, Biden, Twitter, Twitter. These, these are all related. So let's get right to it. Uh, today's show on this Monday brought to you by our friends at Relief Band. This is my actual Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA cleared anti-nausea wristband. It's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting. Associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and more. That's what I use it for. I couldn't have gotten through chemo without it. Loved it. You turn it on, turn it up, those two buttons. It was super simple. Worked for me like that. Whether you need everyday relief or just an occasional cure from nausea, their patented technology with Relief Band makes feeling sick a thing of the past. It's like the name says, Relief Band is legitimately a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea. And now you can use your HSA and FSA dollars to get a Relief Band. So put that money a good use. Fix your nausea, nausea problem for good. Like I said, it worked for me. My daughter uses it on the boat when she gets motion sickness and my friend's boat. I don't actually have a boat, but my friend does. My daughter goes out on it all the time. So if you want the band that actually works at relieving your nausea, check out Relief Band. We've got an exclusive offer just for Dan Bongino Show listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So head to Relief Band, R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D, reliefband.com. Use our promo code Bongino for 20% off plus free shipping. Thanks, Relief Band. Joseph, a lot to get to, so let's go. And happy Monday, everybody. You too, Yes, Dan. sir. Good yeah. to see you. I know it's been a long weekend. Good to see yep. you. Good to see Guy this morning, bright and early. He gets in early so we can get going, so we can work out between shows. So uh, first, uh, I just want to tell you... I. Uh, Henner Gracie, who is a world-renowned self-defense expert, grappling expert, mixed martial arts expert, uh, and a really good guy at GracieUniversity.com. That's their website. Henner's a friend to the show, the show Unfiltered. We did a segment this weekend on an active shooter scenario with a long gun. And folks, the gist of the segment is you absolutely do not want to be in a scenario where you're unarmed confronting a guy with a long gun. You just don't. If you can get away, absolutely 100% get away. If you can secrete yourself somewhere and, and hide until you someone with a weapon shows up to confront them or they leave or they're put down, great. But if you are in a scenario where you absolutely under no circumstances can't escape, like what happened in the California incident, Henner provided some valuable self-defense tips. So what we're going to do is because it's a long three-minute segment that ran on my show, we're going to do what we always do with them. We're going to put it at the end of the show. So if you want to see it in total... Stay tuned after the closing credits of the show. Guy's going to insert the entire segment for you to see. Uh, thank you, Henner Gracie, for doing it. It's amazing. Uh, it's worth your time, I promise you. Now let's get to some other stuff. Uh, speaking of self-defense, a man was not offered much of an opportunity to defend himself, uh, Mr. Nichols, in this Memphis incident, uh, the man who, was, uh, who was, was killed in an interaction with five police officers in Memphis. Folks, um, I spoke about this at length, but I haven't gotten the chance to address my podcast audience about it. I spoke about it on Fox and Friends, and I spoke about it on Unfiltered. Uh, so for my full comments, you can see those two segments, of course. But there's already something happening here. In case you're unaware of the details of the incident, who knows, maybe you're occupied this weekend, you didn't see the news, I don't know. Five Memphis police officers are accused, and, and keep in mind, 
even for the, the worst among us and the worst crimes and the worst allegations. These are allegations. And every one of these men is entitled to the presumption of innocence in a legal court of law until they're convicted legally. However, uh, I waited to comment on this story. I waited for a while because I was obeying the Bongino rule. Wait 24 hours with these politically tinged stories that could involve race and policing, could involve race because the left made it about race. But Dan, everybody involved was black. That's not the point. The point is the left will make anything about race, even when everybody involved is black. Doesn't matter. They're just trying to set the world on fire, okay? But I watched the video from multiple angles, multiple times, spoke with multiple sources, and I commented on it only after I did as much. And I, I'm, we're conservatives, folks, as I've said multiple times here. We're libertarians. We're the lovers of liberty and the defenders of big R, God-given rights. The, the man who was pulled over, Mr. Nichols, had those rights just absolutely destroyed, shredded, flushed down a toilet bowl. What, what happened was, inex- there's no excuses. It's inexcusable. I, I've seen a lot of commentary on this, and, and I, I respect everybody's opinion, and it's valuable. But one of them, the lines of commentary I find most disturbing, especially from conservatives, from conservatives, is the, you know, well, if he wouldn't have resisted, none of this would have happened. Listen, man, I'm really sorry, but if, if that's the first place your mind is going, I'd like you to go listen to that again like I did from a law enforcement officer's perspective. I want you to listen to the commands that these police officers are giving Mr. Nichols. At times, they're completely contradictory. Get down, stand up, hands behind your back, give me your hand. They're they're completely contradictory. From what I saw, there's about 50 to 70 different commands. Again, some of them completely contradictory. I, I want to emphasize another point, too, because we're the defenders of liberty. We, that's us, that's not the liberals. Liberals want to make this a racial thing because they want to see everything burn. We are the defenders of liberty, including Mr. Nichols' liberty. There's no effort whatsoever in the interaction. I'm not, why are you not playing the video? Because I'm not. You've seen, many of you seen it, and at this point, it's not helping anymore. You've seen it, it's been on the air, you can go look at it. It's disturbing, and I don't need to expose you to it again. But I want you to remember something else. There's no effort by the police officers in this scenario that I can see from any of the angles and any of the audio to de-escalate this thing at all, ever. I, I don't know, folks. I have never done a traffic stop outside of, say, you run a plate and it's a stolen car and you suspect there's a serial murderer in there. I've never run a traffic stop for a reckless driving, which is what the allegation was, I believe. Reckless driving, which is never really described. What does that mean? Did he make a right on red? I mean, what does that mean? Was he doing 120? I mean, that's what, what does that mean, reckless driving? I've never done a traffic stop for reckless driving where you don't even ask the guy for his license or his name and you rip him out of the car and start manhandling him. I've never done that, nor do I know any officers who, um, who I'm friends would have done that either. Folks, I've been there. I've been on hundreds, hundreds of traffic stops. And foot pursuits. I was there. I worked in the streets. I was a federal agent and a cop. It's just a fact. I'm not trying to impress anybody. A lot of you did it too. But this is a republic. This is not, I always use this example. This isn't like a Judge Dredd comic. We are officers of the law. And I'm, I'm, I'm honored about how many police officers reached out to me on Facebook and on email. And I'm telling you the honest to God truth. Not one of them defended this. Not one. 
Not a single one. Cops I know, cops I don't know, people who randomly reached out, Dan, I'm a sheriff here. Dan, I'm an officer here. Dan, I'm a corrections officer. I had paramedics and fire uh, fire department uh, officers, firemen reaching out. Dan, I've never seen anything like this. Not one of them defended this. Not one. That should tell you something. This is this was street justice. Our job is to defend liberty. And thank you again to the good cops and my condolences to the family of Mr. Nichols. One quick thing before we move on. Folks, please do not buy the canard that this is a training thing. This is not a training thing. I was an instructor in our academy in Prince George's County, Maryland, when I was a federal agent. I went through the academy in Prince George's County. I went through the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in Glynn County, Georgia. I went through the New York City Police Academy twice, once in the cadet program and one as a probationary police officer. I went back to federal, the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center as an instructor in Maryland. There is no law enforcement. And by the way, I've been practicing self-defense for a very long time. And some of the people do law enforcement courses I've sat in on. There isn't a single law enforcement training course anywhere on planet Earth that teaches you to rip a guy out of the car. And then when he's uh, not resisting, soccer kick him in the head. That, that, that's, that's, not a, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. So if that's not a thing, then how was the thing the training problem? The answer is, and this is why I don't want you to, this is important. Here's a takeaway from this segment that you need to tattoo on your brain. Activists come in here and try to pollute this conversation. These officers have been arrested. They are going to be investigated and prosecuted for murder. They are entitled to the presumption of innocence and the, the and an actual system of justice, unlike the street justice, it appears, A, inflicted on Mr. Nichols. But there is a process that worked here. The process after this dastardly, horrible, horrific tragedy worked. But the people going, oh, oh, we need more saying, oh, we need more training. A lot of these people are grifters who want to go into police academies and then start doing a lot of this other stuff totally unrelated to policing. It's a grift. This was a personnel problem, clearly. These five guys should have never worn the badge at all. At all. This was a vetting and personnel problem, period. When the individual stops resisting arrest, when you make no effort to de-escalate it, and when the individual's handcuffed, the fight, man, is over. The fight's over. That is it. This was not a training problem. Please do not get caught in the training trap. Because then what happens? People who make a fortune out of walking into police academies and teaching people about all kinds of un totally unrelated social justice stuff wind up getting police officers out on the street who then have no interest in enforcing the law at all. So just crazy. People. Dan, yeah, I only sorry. talked to one guy. It was a prison guard friend of mine. Said the same thing you did. Yeah. He, he yeah. just oh, yeah. rejected it. Yeah. Oh, out of hand. Disgusting. I've done not yeah. a single. There's usually at least one guy who's like, but it, no, no, it was not, no. not one, not one. And uh -huh. believe me, I, I got friends who were tough cops. I don't mean unethical. Right. I mean, tough cops. They worked hard. They did the right thing, but they weren't easy guys to talk to. They were in the street to enforce the law. And they were like, I, I can't believe this happened.
All right, moving on. If you want to see my entire segment, you can go to the unfiltered, uh, at unfiltered on Fox. They have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page. You can see my entire segment. It was completely unfiltered, no prompter. I just asked them to let me say what I needed to say, and Fox, of course, let me do it. Uh, so I appreciate that. They don't, they don't really get involved in my editorial decisions, so I appreciate that. Okay, folks, explosive new Twitter files drop. You may have missed this. This is the one story of the last three or four days that sadly has gotten buried in just the deluge of information that's come out. You had the RNC chair thing. You had Memphis. Uh, you had the Paul Pelosi video come out. I mean, this was just, the, the last couple of weeks was just a cornucopia of information that candidly was hard. It was like drinking from a fire hose. It's hard to kind of segregate it out and triage it into important, kind of important. The Twitter file story that dropped, I'd argue to you, is probably the most important one yet. The Twitter files, of course, are a series of uh, uh, reports by people like Matt Taibbi um, and others who've been given access to Twitter after Elon Musk took over, exposing the massive left-wing misinformation machine that was Twitter, how it was used by the swamp to destroy conservatives and Donald Trump. You probably missed this because of all the other stuff. If you didn't, you were in for a, a real eye-opener. I'm going to tie it all together. First, I want you to meet someone involved in this later Twitter, this, uh, this last Twitter files drop. This person is just the, I mean, you want to talk about a face of the deep state, NGO, lobbyist, FBI, CIA, Intel community, Government, liberal, George Soros, media money machine swamp. The cabal, deep state, sloppy state. I don't give a what you call it. You want to see the face of it? A guy who's just epidemic of how it works? It's this guy. This was in the first tweet of the Twitter files dropped by Matt Taibbi. It's a video of a former FBI agent and government goon, swamp rat loser, life loser, a guy by the name of Clint Watts. Take a look. Uh, you and your team, you guys created a website. Hamilton 60. Yes, my colleagues and I, we tracked Russian accounts. That's some bullshit. So they're literally right now, they're Russian bots, according to your website, that are putting this out into the world. Is that right. correct? That's bullshit. So there's Clint Watts, former swamp rat. Disgusting human being, uh, deep state operator who abuses his position as a former FBI agent to go out there and propagate a bunch of Soviet style agitprop themes like, hey, you're a Russian bot. Now, who's a Russian bot, Joe? According to Clint Watts, anyone he politically disagrees with because he's likely a diehard, died in the wall liberal communist. There you go. So there's Clint Watts. He's a member of a group called Hamilton 68. Hamilton 68, uh, by the way, associated with a group hilariously titled the Alliance for Securing Democracy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good, that's really funny. That's guys, right? Now, who's part of the Alliance for Securing Democracy? Otherwise known as the Alliance for Effing Over Democracy. Uh, John Podesta. Yeah, John, you're like Hillary Clinton crony flack liar, John Podesta. Yes, yes, he's part of that group too. Uh, the CIA's Mike Morell. It sounds like what I just talked about before. NGOs, lobbyists, FBI, CIA, government, libs, Soros, the media, the cabal, the deep state cabal. Bill Crystal, anti-Trump lunatic, Nosferatu of the left who claims he was a conservative <laughs> at some point. Yeah, Bill Crystal. They're all part of this group. Uh, it looks like Michael Chertoff, 
who was again, was aligned with the Republican administration, showing you that the swamp is a bipartisan endeavor. So this group, Hamilton 68, led by this guy, Clint Watts, is all over the media telling people, oh my gosh, the Russian bots are everywhere, colluding with the Trumpies and the MAGA people. Twitter, you got to stop it. Ah! Here's Clint Watts' Twitter avatar. You can look at this loser in, all right here. Uh, here he is, nice little picture in the background. He's like, hey, look at me. I got an off-center picture showing you a little of the scenery in the background. That's Clint Watts. You'll notice he's an MSNBC contributor. <laughs> MSNBC. It's a media outlet, folks. MSNBC. So they've got this guy in there who's been totally and completely exposed now by this last Twitter false drop. If you missed this, you missed a bombshell story on Friday. He's been totally exposed, him and his group. As I don't know any other way to say it, just basically fabricating a narrative that anyone in the MAGA group or the Republican Party, or even the Democrat Party they disagree with, is a Russian bot. They've been completely exposed. And the guy still works for MSNBC and Microsoft, by the way. They, look at this guy. Like, that's on his avatar, the little bio. He takes good pictures offset, offset a little so you can see the background. I want you to watch Clint Watts again. Here's our buddy Clint up at a gullible Senate hearing here where the Republican senator is taking this all in. Actually, it looks like he accepts some of this he's talking about. And I want you to watch what Clint Watts does. Here's what they do, the left. And by the left, I mean communists uh, like this guy. What they do is they'll make spurious connections based on the thinnest of evidence. The thinnest of evidence would be discredited immediately if people like Republican senators and media people would just ask basic questions. What they do is they do innuendo. So I know Joe lives in a specific part of Maryland. So if a bank is robbed in Maryland, what I can say is, listen, I can't say Joe did it, but all I can say is Joe was in the area when the bank was robbed. Now, a normal media person or Republican senator with half a brain would say, uh, you live in Maryland? Um, it, would, it would use the old usual suspects line by Kevin Pollack. We could put you in Queens on the night of the robbery. Really? I live in Queens. You figure that out yourself? Well, you got a team of monkeys working around the block. <laughs> but because you understand we have, that's a really got to watch a movie. Because we don't have a functioning media. And we have suckers who were afraid to, you know, take on the narrative du jour or the current thing, right? This is what happens. Here's Clint Watts using innuendo up at the Senate to make it seem like, Trump is working with Russia and a group of Russian bots. Take a listen. I think this answer is very simple and is what no one is really saying in this room, which is part of the reason active measures have worked in this U.S. election is because the commander in chief has used Russian active measures at time uh, against his opponents. On 14 August 2016, his campaign chairman, after a debunked incident. When you say his, who's, who's his? Paul Manafort. Uh, cited the fake Incirlik story as a terrorist attack on CNN, and he used it as a talking point. Uh, on 11 October, uh, President Trump stood on a stage and cited a, what appears to be a fake news story from Sputnik News that disappeared from the Internet. Uh, he denies the intel from the United States about Russia. Uh, he claimed that the election could be rigged. That was the number one theme pushed by RT, Sputnik News, white outlets all the way up until the election. Uh, he's cl made claims of voter fraud, that President Obama is not a citizen, that, you know, uh, Congressman Cruz is not a citizen. So part of the reason active measures works and it does today in terms of Trump Tower being wiretapped is because they parrot the same lines. So. 
Putin is correct. He he can say that he's not influencing anything because he's just putting out his stance. But until we get a firm basis on fact and fiction in our own in our own country, uh, get some agreement about the facts, whether it be do I support the intelligence community or a story I read on my Twitter feed, we're going to have a big problem. I can tell you right now today, gray outlets that are Soviet pushing accounts tweet at President Trump during high volumes when they know he's online and they push conspiracy theories. So if he is to click on one of those or cite one of those, it just proves Putin correct that we can use this as a lever against the Americans. So, started- so notice how he's, he's talking to Langford and Langford's like falling for this, which is amazing. Um, and basically what he's saying is because a Russia aligned media outlet said something that immediately Trump must be working with Putin to steal an election because he may have said something that may have been parroted by someone on Twitter. So they're definitely Russian bots. But he makes the connection with Trump and the Manafort team. Who was his campaign manager? And then he says something really interesting at the end. Keep in mind, this guy's now been totally discredited. We'll go through that in a second. And even Twitter knew it was wrong. Keep in mind, he says at the end, and by the way, don't trust any of these bots on Twitter. You need to trust the intel community. Despite the intel community being the single biggest source of misinformation about Trump. Don't go anywhere. The Twitter people knew this guy was full of crap. And they amplified this moron anyway. Let me get to this first. Don't go anywhere, folks. This show is going to be stacked. Uh, thank you for tuning in. appreciate your patience. Uh, we've been in Omaha Steaks household for a long time because the food is delicious. I love good food. And I especially love good steak. Now watering ready. This Valentine's Day, fall in love with flavor. And you save on delectable dishes and tantalizing taste from Omaha Steaks with their love at first bite sale. It's a perfect time to celebrate your better half and bring the steakhouse experience home for Valentine's Day. Go to omahasteaks.com. And use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O at checkout and get $30 off your order. The food's amazing. You're going to love it. And it's priced really great. That's 30% off an endless variety of delicious gourmet foods from perfectly aged tender steaks to juicy burgers, decadent desserts, and classic comfort meals. Every bite's guaranteed to be perfect, backed by their 100% satisfaction guarantee. Visit omahasteaks.com. Enter Bongino at checkout to get $30 off your order today. No one comes close to matching the flavor, tenderness, and value of Omaha Steaks. Order today and share a special meal with your special someone. Visit omahasteaks.com, omahasteaks.com. Food is great. Use promo code Bongino at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. If you want to get some burgers for Gee, he'll take them. He loves the Omaha Steaks burgers too. So I want you to keep in mind, this guy's using nothing but innuendo, suggesting that because a Russian somewhere on planet Earth had a shot of Russian vodka, and Trump mentioned once years ago that he knew a guy that had Russian vodka, that Trump must have, must have stolen an election with Vladimir Putin. And because we have media people who don't ask any questions at all, this virus was allowed to persist. This misinformation machine was allowed to go. Well, how do we know it was misinformation? Because this goon Clint Watts working with MSNBC goons and elsewhere and media people and Chertoff and, and Morell and Crystal and all these other folks, what they did is they said, well, Twitter is promoting these Russian bot accounts that are amplifying misinformation in the United States. Well, for that story to be true, Joe, the Twitter accounts had to be actual Russian bots. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because the new Twitter files dropped by Matt Taibbi, he has the emails from Twitter. Here's Yoel Roth, big time Twitter executive, and a, by the way, a diehard leftist. Here's Yoel Roth. 
saying, yes, exactly. It's so weird and self-selecting that they're so unwilling to be transparent and defend their selection. What is he talking about? He's talking about Hamilton 68 saying, hey, look at these accounts. They're Russian bots associated with that MAGA crowd amplifying Russian misinformation. So he says it's weird that they're not even willing to defend this. He says, I think we need to just call this out on the bull that it is. Twitter's looking at the accounts that are supposed to be Russian bots and telling each other on emails and internal communications, this thing is total crap. These aren't Russian accounts. These aren't Russian accounts amplifying messages. This is all made up. Twitter knows this. Now, you'd think Yoel Roth, if the man had any human dignity at all, which he doesn't, he knows this is garbage and a lie that's tearing the nation apart. The Russians are working with MAGA people to destroy the Republic. He knows it's fake, but they do nothing. It gets even worse. Not only were they not Russian accounts, they appear to be completely legitimate right-leaning accounts. How do I know that? Because that's what Yoel Roth literally put in the email. He's talking about these Russian accounts that the Hamilton dashboard, quote, falsely accuses a bunch of legitimate right-leaning accounts of being Russian bots. They're asking how we publicly push back, but I don't think there's anything noteworthy about this hashtag beyond that. How do you publicly push back? You go to the media and tell them this story's garbage. Well, it looks like they tried that off the record because they didn't have the balls to do it on the record. But this is how the cabal operates. They always, the cabal accuses you of what they're doing. What's the cabal? Non-governmental organizations, as I referred to before as NGOs, Soros-type groups, getting money from the State Department and elsewhere, lobbyists, media people, politicians, liberals, liberal money people, the CIA, the FBI. They are knee-deep in a massive misinformation machine where they will do anything to protect their grift. And their grift is evidenced by nothing greater than the Biden scandal. If the Biden scandal goes down, Joe Biden and his kid taking money overseas to influence U.S. policy, they all go down because they're all doing it. So when Trump was going to expose it, I can't say this enough, they had to take him down by accusing you of exactly what they were doing. Creating misinformation for money. Here's how the misinformation machine works. Here's a tweet from Taibbi's Twitter files drop. These Russian accounts, they concluded, are neither strongly Russian nor strongly bots, Twitter concluded. There is no evidence to support the statement that the dashboard is a finger on the pulse of Russian information ops. Hardly illuminating a massive influence operation. Ladies and gentlemen, the receipts are right here. Taibbi's got all the emails attached. Where are these people in the media, you gutless goons, you jellyfish-type snakes? Folks, listen to me. You have been months ahead of the news cycle on this show. I am telling you the single most destructive force right now in this constitutional republic is the freaking filth in our media, openly fabricating fairy tales to shred this piece up, this place apart and tear it into pieces. These people are disgusting. The evidence is right in front of your face. They all knew. Twitter knew. 
Hamilton 68 must have known. The people involved must have known. And they sold themselves out. They sold themselves out in order to keep their grift going overseas. And they let their names all be used. I want you to look at this media compilation. You may say, Dan, that's hard to read. That's the point. Taibi couldn't even fit them all on one screen. Look at these disgusting, filth, human waste outlets. Mother Jones, the Daily Yeast and elsewhere, Newsweek, filth outlets, filth, garbage, disgusting outlets, propagating the story of Russian bots. and Anytime they didn't, they didn't like the walk away movement, the Brandon Straka thing, Russian bots. They didn't like Dan Bongino's account, Russian bots. They didn't like Dennis Lynch's account, Russian bots. And media goons, degenerate losers. And folks, if you're offended by the language, let me warn you, it's not even strong enough. I want to say worse, but I can't go unfiltered that way because there were probably kids listening. Filth on the screen. That's what you're looking at, filth. You're looking at the most disgusting scandal in United States history, a massive media misinformation machine working with the cabal to protect people like Biden and international influence peddling and the cabal. They are defending themselves. Now, Twitter, Yoel Roth, gutless loser, instead of going public and saying, hey, this whole uh, allegation that conservatives are Russian bots and all that stuff, it's really fake. They didn't have the balls to do it. So they tried to speak to reporters off the record. Again, because they had no guts to do it publicly. And listen to this. You want to see the human filth our media is? Filth. Human filth. Like dogs. One of the Twitter people notes, hey, you know, we tried to speak to reporters off the record. And reporters are chafing. It's like shouting into a void. They're telling the reporters this is all a lie. A lie tearing the country apart. Russians are everywhere, infiltrating the Republican Party. They're telling them it's a lie. And reporters don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. Because there's sellout, hacks, and human garbage. Now, a real reporter, Glenn Greenwald, who, by the way, is not a conservative. A real reporter sounded the alarm on this five years ago in 2018. He sounded the alarm on Tucker Carlson's show, proving my point again. If you're listening to this show, Tucker, and other good quality shows out there, you're at least probably five years, maybe more, ahead of the information stream. Greenwald warned everyone about Hamilton 68 and what they were up to. And of course, Greenwald was called what, Joe? A Russian agent! <laughs> for You see how that works? Expose people with a fake Russian agent scandal, and you're in fact a Russian agent. Gosh, so weird how that happens. I'll show you that clip in a second. Don't go anywhere. Let me get to uh, my next sponsor again. Always appreciate your patience. Uh, what's your gift this Valentine's Day? How about taking 10 or 15 years off your appearance with GenuCell Skincare and their most popular package? And right now, every most popular package is 70% off and includes the next breakthrough in skincare technology, GenuCell's probiotic moisturizer, absolutely free. These super ingredients found in yogurt can have the same nourishing benefits and goodness for your skin. Probiotic extracts can help target bad bacteria on the surface of your skin and can help restore balance to your skin's microbiome for a noticeably clearer complexion and visibly younger appearance. 
See those fine lines, wrinkles, dark spots, sagging jawlines, and even bags and puffiness visibly disappear right before your eyes. Thanks to Genucel. My mother-in-law is a huge fan of this stuff. She's 70. She'll tell you that. She doesn't look it. She says her skincare line, Genucel, she loves it. Plus, with its immediate effects, see results in under 12 hours. Guaranteed or your money back. Go to genucel.com slash Dan. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L, genucel.com slash Dan right now for the first time ever. Every order at genucel.com from now until Valentine's Day includes beauty box with two luxury gifts, yours free. Order now, two weeks only, genucel.com slash Dan, genucel.com slash Dan. That's genucel.com slash Dan. So, hat tip, Grandma Eileen used to say, as I says, as I says, you listen to the right media outlets, people on the right who will tell you the truth, and you would have known the truth years ago. Here's Glenn Greenwald exposing this operation and the media goons back in 2018 on Tucker. Check this out. It's essentially a group um, that was, as you said, started by people like Bill Kristol, people who um, have been leading neocons from both political parties, CIA officials, the people who basically have been disseminating disinformation throughout the entire war on terror, the least reliable, most warmongering people in Washington. And they said that their purpose of their group was to combat uh, disinformation and the attack on the American democracy by Russia and other groups. Um, and their main kind of feature was that they would have this dashboard called Hamilton 68 that purported to track the activity of Russian influencers on Twitter by tracking 600 accounts. Nobody knows which accounts they've designated as influencer of, uh, of Russia. Um, they're not necessarily Russian. They're just people who, in the eyes of Bill Crystal and his friends, are people who espouse Russia or pro-Russia themes. And they just constantly make claims about what Russia is doing on Twitter that the U.S. media in the most shocking way uncritically ingests and puts into their headlines as fact about what, what, what Russia is doing. That was years ago. And of course, Greenwald is tarred and feathered as a Russian agent. I mean, this, this stupidity is genuinely astonishing. Um, but let me just rewind the tape. It's not stupidity. You have to understand, these media folks... And these cabal people and these Hamilton 68 people are actual agents of disinformation, openly seeking to destroy the republic. There is no, this is not an accident. They knew damn well they were lying about this Russian bot scandal. And they did it anyway. And who do they use? More filth like Adam Schiff. Remember the disinformation machine, Clint Watts, up at that Senate hearing, talking about the Trump campaign and its relationship to Russia, tied to Russia? Well, one of the angles they always use is they use this Paul Manafort angle. Now, I'm going to debunk this, not for the last time. I wish it was for the last time, but it'll come up again. Because if, if we had an informed, honest media, we do not. The angle that they're using to connect Trump to Russia is through his campaign manager, Manafort, who did have some dealings, that's a fact, with a guy by the name of Konstantin Kalimnik. They want you to believe Kalimnik is some kind of high-level Russian operative. And if you're saying, Dan, if Manafort met with him, then clearly there's a Trump tie to Russia. Media people don't know squat about this case. Watch how they let Adam Schiff. This is his past weekend. We already know there is zero evidence Trump colluded with Russia to steal an election. We know that. Watch Schiff totally mischaracterize the Mueller report because he's a lying piece of human filth. This disgusting human being. 
and watch him parrot the exact same talking point. And the CNN host, of course, has no information to refute it because she doesn't want to refute it. Watch him parrot the Kalimnik. He's, when he talks about a Russian asset in Manafort, he's talking about Kalimnik. Take a listen. You said that there was direct evidence of the fact that Donald Trump colluded with Russia back in 2016. Special counsel Robert Mueller said in his report, quote, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government. Republicans argue that's proof that you used your position on the Intelligence Committee to intentionally mislead Americans, which is why you should not be on that committee. If you read the Mueller report, uh, he makes clear, uh, even in the first few pages of the report, that he states no conclusion on whether Donald Trump and his campaign colluded with the Russians. But what he does reveal in his report, what we found in our investigation, is that Donald Trump's campaign manager was sharing internal campaign polling data and their strategy for key battleground states with an agent of Russian intelligence, while that same unit of Russian intelligence was helping the Trump campaign. Notice what he does here again. He takes a specific set of unrelated facts and claims it's evidence. I gave you the analogy before. Joe lives in Maryland. There has been a bank robbed in Maryland last year. Those are facts. You notice how he confuses facts with evidence. Joe has nothing to do with the bank robbery. But if you're stupid and you're in the media, you're like, oh, my gosh, Joe, bank robbery. He's such a nice guy in the Dan Bongino show. (laughs) Notice how the dunce at CNN doesn't ask any questions about this alleged Russian agent because that sounds serious. And notice how the stupid CNN audience is like, Shift, man, he's onto something. Trump's campaign manager's talking to a Russian. Oh, my gosh, a Russian agent. Here, here's the Daily Beast. Yeah, the same Daily Yeast part of that compilation before of media idiots openly promoting agitprop like good Soviets. Here they are, Dan Laden Hall. They'll never retract this, by the way. Manafort owns up the passing campaign data, the suspected Russian agent. Oh, my gosh. He publicly admitted giving polling data to Konstantin Kalimnik? A suspected, a suspected Russian asset. I've only debunked this a thousand times, uh, which that part's true, by the way. So let's just establish media and journalistic principles here because we do actual reporting here. So Paul Manafort is dealing with this guy, Konstantin Kalimnik, who Adam Schiff is claiming is some big time Russian agent getting ready to steal an election. Wow. You know what's really fascinating, fellas? The Obama State Department was dealing with the same guy. Were they they stealing an election too? John Sump, by the way, please read these pieces. They're in my newsletter today. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please take this screenshot for your leftist friends who are probably imbeciles and say, oh, so Kalimnik was a Russian agent looking to steal elections? Well, why doesn't the report state, the Mueller report, that Kalimnik was, quote, a sensitive intelligence source for the State Department going back to at least 2013. Who was the president in 2013? Gee, do you know? Pop quiz. It was Barack Obama. Oh. Joey, can you double check that? It was Barack Obama, right? 13? Yeah. yeah. 2013. Yeah, Joe's doing some math. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, cool. I can triple check it. Okay, we're good. We're good. Yeah, guys. So Kalimnik, the same alleged Russian agent, was an Obama administration source? So strange. They know Kalimnik wasn't even just some run-of-the-mill source. He interacted with the chief political officer at the U.S. Embassy in Kiev. You know, the same one coordinating the takedown of Donald Trump, where Joe Biden's son was working for money. Sometimes meeting several times a week to provide information on the Ukrainian government. 
He even relayed messages back to Ukraine's leaders and handwritten and delivered written reports to U.S. officials via emails that stretched on for thousands of words. So again, Adam Schiff, who is a lying piece of human filth and a dopey media person who knows nothing, keeps saying that Paul Manafort was dealing with this Russian agent who ironically was an Obama administration source. Do your freaking homework in the media. Are you this stupid all the time? You can read the memos yourself. So if Paul Manafort is in fact an agent of Russia through Kalimnik, then so is Barack Obama's State Department. By the way, the same State Department that coordinated with Christopher Steele to make sure that the Department of Justice got a hold of Christopher Steele's fake dossier, even though Christopher Steele and the dossier was fake and they knew it. Oh, well, I got more on that coming up in a minute. Don't you go anywhere. Let me get to my last sponsor and let me tie this baby up for you. You're not going to get this stuff anywhere else. Folks, T-Mobile's investigating a data breach that exposed the sensitive personal information of 37 million customers. Ouch. Breached information from January 5th may include customers' names, emails, billing addresses, and phone numbers. If exploited, cyber criminals can use this information to commit identity theft. Listen, it's important to understand our cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. It affected mine. Had my identity stolen. It's pretty awful. Your personal information gets exposed so often, it makes it dangerously easy for a cyber criminal to steal your identity. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock detects and alerts you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own, like loans taken out in your name or crimes committed by thieves pretending to be you. And if you become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But it's easy to help you protect yourself with LifeLock. LifeLock, it's identity theft protection and it starts here. I've been a member for a long time, so is my family. Join now. Save up to 25% of your first year at lifelock.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. That's lifelock.com slash Bongino for 25% off. Don't wait. This is the kind of thing, once it happens to you, you're going to wish you had it. That's lifelock.com slash Bongino for 25% off. It's great savings. Do it today. Don't wait. Okay. So, again, the whole misinformation machine. You're seeing it. The cabal, Adam Schiff, former FBI guys, FBI guys, media idiots, how they all work together. To feed you a story, not the story. They don't do their homework. And even when given their homework by Yoel Roth and Twitter, hey, this Russian bot story is fake. They ignore it and quote, chafe at it because they're not serious people. They're looking to destroy the Republic through propaganda. He was Schiff again, uh, who again, I, I can't emphasize to you the filth this guy is destroying the country. Here's Adam Schiff again running for Senate. Here he is lying about his coordination with the whistleblower. Now, when the Trump-Russia collusion thing completely fell apart, completely fell apart, Schiff had staked his entire career on it, thinking that Trump would resign before the Mueller report came out and that he would be responsible for taking him down. That's what really happened. That's the inside story. Well, when Trump didn't resign and fought back and gave him the double-barrel middle finger, Adam Schiff needed something else. So I would argue you based on evidence, and I lay it out in my, one of my books, Follow the Money. Adam Schiff then coordinated with people on the National Security Council to get Trump impeached. When Trump started looking into the overseas grift scandal using Hunter Biden in Ukraine, and he called the Ukrainian president and asked about it, Adam Schiff panicked. And his office went to people on the National Security Council who later went to work for Adam Schiff, and they coordinated the impeachment takedown through the whistleblower. 
Adam Schiff got caught lying about that. CNN asked him about it, and he lies about lying. Take a listen. Let me give you another. He says that um, this is part of the uh, of a pattern ahead of the first Trump impeachment. You said the committee had not spoken to a whistleblower. In fact, that turned out not to be true. You know, the Washington Post uh, said so in their in their fact check. Uh, the Washington Post uh, uh, identified that, yes, before the person became a whistleblower, they sought advice from the committee. Uh, when I was asked the question, I thought they were referring to whether we had brought the whistleblower in. Uh, and I should have been more clear. No, that's not what happened, Adam. Your team was coordinating with the whistleblower to take out Donald Trump because your collusion hoax failed. Because the whistleblower he was coordinating with him in his office also worked with Joe Biden, worked with Joe Biden on the Ukraine portfolio and met at the White House, the whistleblower, with Daria Kalaniuk. Daria Kalaniuk was the uh, executive director of George Soros's foundation in Ukraine. Does that explain the New York Times piece? Trying to attack John Durham's investigation into all of this? Remember we covered this last week? Charlie Savage, Adam Goldman, deep state stenographers, total life losers. Sitting here attacking John Durham uh, for his because he's now he's looking into the emails of George Soros and others. So Soros and the money machine in Ukraine were operating in Ukraine through the U.S. embassy, where a whistleblower you know tried to attack Donald Trump, who was also tied to Ukraine, who was working with Biden, while Biden's kid was collecting a paycheck from Ukraine. And anybody who spoke out about it was a Russian bot. This is how you know something's up. Jonah Goldberg, who, no, I don't think there's a Republican or someone who calls themselves a, a Republican who hates Trump more than Jonah Goldberg. Even Jonah Goldberg picked up on what we picked up on last week. He's like, I don't think anyone thinks I'm a big John Durham booster. But the mounting smart think jihad against John Durham and the release of his report really feels like an attempt to work the refs and pre-spin whatever's in there. Totally open to being wrong, but it's weird. <laughs> when me and Jonah Goldberg agree on something, it's probably correct. Charlie Savage and Adam Goldman, two deep state losers who will write anything the deep state tells them with their lips surgically attached to the ass of the deep state operation and the intel community, are clearly writing this report attacking John Durham because it's now clear as day he's uncovered something. I don't know how profound it is, but something about the Soros connection. Soros's woman in Ukraine, working for his, as his executive director of his foundation over there, met at the White House with the whistleblower who was working on Ukraine and a Biden team trying to take out Trump when Trump asked about Biden in Ukraine. Let's tie this all together now. How the swamp, the media, the intel community all profit off the destruction of the United States and they cover up grifts like the Biden grift in Ukraine because they're all doing it. They had to stop Trump, so they accused him of Russian collusion. It fell apart. I just showed you the whole thing was BS. The State Department was knee-deep in this and knew it was fake from the start. The State Department under the Obama administration was dealing with this guy, Konstantin Kalimnik, who they keep claiming is a Russian agent for dealing with Trump's campaign manager, Manafort, even though Kalimnik was an Obama State Department source. The same Obama State Department dealing with Kalimnik also was dealing with, this is where we tie it into Hamilton 68, was also dealing with Christopher Steele. Do you remember this, Joe? We covered this a while ago. 
This John Solomon piece is in my newsletter. This is a must read too. They're all there. They're at the end. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please read them. It's from 2019. So the same State Department that's been dealing with Kalimnik under Obama, who they swear is a Russian agent, they met with Christopher Steele, a woman by the name of Kathleen Kavalek, right as this dossier is about to get launched in October of 2016, right as the FBI is about to go and do their FISA warrant, right? Christopher Steele, so-called author of the dossier, goes and meets with the State Department and tells them that there are payments being made to those recruited. You can see it right here out of the Russian consulate in Miami. Oh, yeah. Kathleen Kavalik takes a note. Remember this, Joe? Yeah, yeah. What's the problem with that story, fellas? <laughs> there is no None. Russian consulate in Miami. Kavalik, they John Solomon notes, bluntly debunked the assertion in a bracketed comment. It's important to note there's no Russian consulate in Miami. Two days later, State Department official Kavalik, and well before the FISA warrant was issued, she forwarded her type summary to other government officials. It's unlikely her concerns failed to reach the FBI. In other words, Kathleen Kavalek knows Christopher Steele's story is crap because there is no embassy in Miami. She knows this. How can you be funneling payments for a Russia collusion scandal to an embassy that doesn't exist? You think that stopped the media and the Justice Department? <laughs> this is where this whole thing is just glorious. Here's an email from Kathleen Kavalek. Here's Kathleen Kavalek emailing Justice Department official Bruce Orr, who conveniently his wife Nellie Orr is working at Fusion GPS, employing Christopher Steele. No. Oh, yeah. Bruce, thanks for coming today. I think everyone found it useful. Here's an article I found to be of interest. Have a good weekend. I want you to note down lower in the email. She writes, as I mentioned today, I met with Clint Watts. Oh, Clint Watts. The mini former FBI guy in the opening of the show says everybody's a Russian bot. I met with Clint Watts, one of the authors of the report. He'd been doing analytics on Russian trolls and their use of fake news in the U.S. for the last two years. He noted that before Trump won the nomination, they were amplifying the American far right and far left. All to protect Biden, impeach Trump, and then to cover it up later on. Got to get rid of Trump. Russian collusion. Doesn't work. Got to impeach Trump. Trump's looking at what we're doing in Ukraine. Soros is working over there. Got to impeach him. That doesn't work. State Department knows about it the whole time. State Department knew Steele was full of crap. State Department knew Manafort's contact, Kalimnik, was not a Russian agent. Was, in fact, a State Department source. The media, ladies and gentlemen, knew all of this. And suckers are still falling for it. This is a this is a trip here. This is one of the best. So Hunter Biden's operating in Ukraine. Matt Palumbo has a piece up at Bongino.com today. I'll try to link to it if I can. Hunter Biden's operating in Ukraine. And according to business partners, it's funneling some money back to his dad, who's the chairman, right? But Hunter Biden's also working in China, where an FBI agent's arrested last week for working in Albania. And the Albanian connection he has is working for a Chinese energy conglomerate too. Here's a fascinating email exchange Matt has in his piece. This lawyer, Edward Kim, who represents Patrick Ho, who is a Chinese uh, energy conglomerate CEFC official. This lawyer, Ed Kim, working with this guy, Patrick Ho, asked Hunter in an email for the name of the FBI agents you spoke with. 
Hunter had signed the contract with CEFC just months prior in August of that same year. That explained what the arrest of the FBI agent and the recent attacks on Durham. Does that explain it for you? Somebody's flipping, folks. Somebody's talking. I believe this arrest of the FBI agent last week for contacts in Albania with Albanians connected to that Chinese energy company. I believe that has more to do with the Bidens than it has to do with anything else. Somebody's given up the cookies. Hunter Biden knows the exact same people the arrested FBI agent does. One of the lawyers actually reached out to him for the FBI agent he was talking to. I'll end the show with this today. Holman Jenkins has an amazing piece in the Wall Street Journal that appeared this weekend. John Durham finds Russiagate's Rosetta Stone. Again, Durham found something. I don't know what it is, but he found something. And Jenkins notes, seven years have given us a perspective to see something if we're willing to see it. The FBI's intervention in the Hillary Clinton case launched the agency on a new role as a continuous actor in our presidential politics, with no end in sight unless society makes a deliberate effort to return our securocrats to their proper sphere. Damn right. They've interfered in and stolen too many elections. It's time to disband the FBI. Got a whistleblower on later in the week, too. We're going to do a podcast interview. You're going to love. Don't miss that. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate your support of the podcast. Uh, again, stay tuned. We'll run that Henner Gracie segment after the uh, end credit today, uh, the end roll. Uh, you can watch the whole thing in full. Also, please subscribe to the podcast. I'd really appreciate it if you help us spread it around. It is absolutely free at no cost to you. It is available on Apple, Spotify, and Rumble. If you subscribe to all three, I would sincerely appreciate it. It's rumble.com slash Bongino. It helps us stay on the charts. We were number four last week, all because of you. We really appreciate your time. I'll see you back here tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino. Welcome back to Unfiltered. The tragic shooting in Monterey Park, California, it ended when a bystander confronted the gunman and wrestled the weapon away. Listen, that is obviously a worst case scenario, but if God forbid... You were to come face to face with the shooter and you can't run away and you can't get away. What should you do? Joining us now for a demonstration is jujitsu expert and Gracie University CEO and a good friend to the show, Henner Gracie. Henner, obviously a disturbing scenario. What are you teaching in uh, Gracie University at your school? Thanks, Dan. Yeah, the choice to intervene in an active shooter situation is an incredibly personal one. But like you said, run, hide, fight. If you're in a situation where you can't run and you can't hide and you choose to fight, there are two techniques that I want all the viewers to know, especially when the shooter is armed with a long gun or a rifle of sorts like we see here. So check this out. The person's here. One option on the strong side is this. Drop the weapon. Drop the weapon. And we're out. Okay, so let me go back a little bit down here and kind of show what's happening here. Obviously, if, we can, if we're going to engage with the shooter, we want to do so from their blind side, from the rear. I'm coming in. We're going to do a strong side technique and a weak side technique. If I'm on the strong side, this is the side where I have more access to more real estate on the weapon. I'm coming in with two hands. Look, over under grip, slipping inside and putting myself in control of the weapon along with Sam in this situation. And because it's so long, I have great leverage to prevent him from turning the gun to face me. Now, check out the leg. The side that I'm on, I'm going to outside trip Sam's leg and we're going to plow through him and drive straight to side control. And because the weapon is so long, Sam cannot turn and face me and shoot me in this situation. Now I bring my near side hand when I feel stable and I start to forearm choke on his neck right here, causing the release. If he releases with both hands, great. Go back. If he does it, look, we can use an inside knee and pry his hand right off the weapon. We can use strikes. So there are many things we can do. 
in that situation. Come on up, Sam. Now, on the weak side, why is it the weak side? Look, because from here, we have less real estate to get a hold of. It's harder to wrap my body around the weapon. However, if we understand the mechanics of the gun and leverage, we're slipping under, and we're going to pry the gun right out from his hands. Check out how this happens. Look at this. Here are the two grips I'm after, Dan. I want the stock, and I want the, the hand guard, or even the barrel. Not ideal if it's hot, but the hand guard right here. Hold tighter, Sam. Don't let go. With these two grips, I don't care how strong he is. Watch this. We're prying it right out because Sam has inside position. I have the longer levers, and that's what allows me to pry the gun right out of his hands. But make sure you come under this arm, not over. So again, we're here, we're here, we're going, and we're out. Obviously, if the active shooter has a pistol, shorter lever, it's more difficult to control. But there are techniques and a lot more of where this came from at GracieUniversity.com. Uh, Henner, you know, one of the things you've emphasized in jujitsu through the years, I'm an avid follower of you on social media. Your entire family's wonderful leverage. Leverage is what matters. I appreciate you with that demonstration. And I'm glad you emphasized. Listen, folks, if you can get away, uh, do your best. These are just emergency situations where you have no other option. Henner, thanks so much for your time. That was very, very informative. We appreciate it. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you back here tomorrow.